Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the Balance Bond Podcast, Soul on Fire. I am your host, Jordan Younger, and on this podcast, we go deep with so many different guests who set our souls on fire. And today is no exception with the beautiful Ruthie Lindsay, someone who inspires me so, so, so very much. And I'm so honored to have her on the show. She has been such a dream guest for a very long time. So this is exciting and something that we've been trying to plan forever. So it finally happened and she is our 199th episode. So that's kind of a big deal. Absolutely love that she's here. Ruthie is an author, a speaker, a podcast host, an all-around amazing human. She recently came out with her life-changing healing memoir called There I Am, which I devoured at the beginning of this quarantine, and I cannot recommend it highly enough. If you want to learn all about Ruthie's pain story and overcoming pain, then you gotta read this book. At 17 years old, she was hit by an ambulance and the accident broke her neck and she was given a 5% chance to live. She is the only person in the entire world who has had a wire poking into her brainstem. And if you can even imagine the pain in that, she lived in bed for many years. She writes all about it in her book. Of course, I related very heavily because of the healing journey that I have also been on. And in this episode, we do not talk much about Ruthie's pain story. And that was a conscious choice, my friends, because we wanted to talk about her healing. We wanted to share and give hope that healing is possible, even for people who are in the worst amount of chronic pain that you could ever imagine. And Ruthie and I clearly have a lot in common. We met because we both have been through so much chronic pain. We have a mutual friend, Lauren Roxborough, who knew that I had been such a fan of Ruthie's for a long time. So she invited me over one night to meet Ruthie. And of course, I was such a fangirl and I was so excited and we hit it off immediately. It was so special to spend time with her and see that she is a light beam in real life, even more so than I could have ever imagined. So that's been pretty epic. And from there, we have stayed connected. We've become close. We've done so many similar things to heal, which we will get into in this episode and share with you guys so that you can hear all the different tools and tips and tricks that Ruthie has learned and has now in her toolbox to heal and to feel good in her everyday life. 
And I'm so excited for you to hear it. If you are a fan of Ruthie and this is your first time on the podcast and you're listening to listen to Ruthie's story, then I'm excited to share a different angle of her story with you guys where we don't talk about the pain and it's so empowering and I'm so proud of her. So if you're here listening and if you're enjoying, it's always fun to see who is listening to the show when you tag us on Instagram and screenshot so I can respond and repost you and we can connect in that way. I think it's so fun. So keep that coming. I love our community so much. And if you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, I have a free gift that I send to everyone who takes time to rate and review. So you can send that to Jordan at thebalanceblonde.com and I will thank you by sending you a free yoga ebook that is 300 pages. And before we dive into the episode, I just want to quickly thank our sponsor for today's show, Four Sigmatic. I've been drinking Four Sigmatic since 2015, Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee, which is full of adaptogens and functional mushrooms that help me feel really alert and help wake me up in the morning without giving me those same jitters that coffee gives. So, First of all, you should know you can use the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, to get 10% off of all Four Sigmatic products. And if you go to foursigmatic.com slash blonde, you will see all my favorite products. I have grouped them together in a special shop page. I have so many favorites. It's ridiculous. But right now, I am loving the chaga, which is full of natural herbs and makes you feel really alert and doesn't give you those same jitters that coffee will give. I also love the reishi. I like to drink that at night because the cool thing about adaptogens is they work with your body to bring your body back into homeostasis. So whatever you need, you will get when you drink something like mushroom coffee. It tastes amazing. It doesn't taste like mushrooms the way that you might think because it's not shiitake mushrooms, mushrooms that you would use in a stir fry or your morning omelet. These are adaptogenic mushrooms like chaga, lion's mane, reishi, cordyceps, and they all contain powerful properties, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, so many different health benefits, and they will enhance your life in so many different ways. I love to drink the adaptogen coffee in the mornings. They also have skincare. They also have plant-based protein, and you can shop all of this, like I said, with the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, and it will give you what you need. So whether you need more alertness or whether you need to chill out or whether you need a little bit of help with sleep, you can check it out for all those reasons. I have also had the founder, Taro, on the podcast. So you can listen to that episode to learn all the details about Four Sigmatic, the inspiration behind the company, the fact that they are all organic, vegan, third-party tested, very low sugar. And then they also have caffeine-free products if you're not a caffeine person. And they have low caffeine products as well. So you can shop by all those different features and product types. So use that code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, for 10% off. Go to foursigmatic.com to shop and enjoy. Now let's head into this episode with the beautiful Ruthie Lindsay. Ruthie, I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast. This has been such a much-awaited conversation on both ends. And as you know, ever since 
I came across your story and your Instagram so many years ago. I've been such such a fan and also just have felt like such a kindred spirit with you, a kindred soul with your healing and everything that you have been through and overcome. And I'm so excited to talk to you about all the healing things today and how you're doing and your beautiful book and everything else. So let's just start by how are you and tell our Soul on Fire listeners kind of who you are and what you've been up to in this wild time. Oh, well, first off, thank you. I'm so grateful to have this time with you. I just absolutely adore you. And I feel so grateful that um, the universe saw fit to bring us together and to connect us because I just, I really treasure who you are and the way that you show up in the world. And I just feel really, really, really honored to get to share the space with you. So thank you so much. It's like, we've been looking forward to this for so long and I'm just so grateful that it's finally happening. We seriously have. This is perfect timing, divine timing, meant to be. Absolutely perfect. So thank you. Um, and in terms of your question, you know, I am, I'm doing really well. I mean, it's been this very wild, crazy time, which I know we'll go into, but as it has been for everyone, and of course there has been a lot of loss and just this weird, <laughs> weird time. And I've allowed myself to feel the weight of that loss. And I've allowed myself to feel the weight of the collective's loss and pain and trauma of what this time has been. And I have had space. Like it's, you know, I didn't get to go on my book tour and I I was supposed to be traveling like nonstop. And this is the longest I've been home. I mean, maybe since I lived in my bed, you know, and yeah. I've had this time in the space and, uh, you know, large majority of the work that I do also came to a screeching halt. And so it's given me space and it's given me time to reconnect with mother nature and to be still and to be silent and to go inside and I found a dog while camping in the woods and to connect with this animal and just all of these beautiful things have happened. I've never cooked before. Like I started cooking and I started growing things and I had all these like limiting stories of all the things I can't do and don't do. Right. Right. It's opened me up. I think as I became more grounded and more connected, this like creative curious side came about and I like, I just dove in and it's been this almost childlike awe. (laughs) I don't even know. It's hard to try to qualify it and to try to put it into words, but I just, there's so many things that I never experienced as a child. Like I didn't take art classes and I didn't, there were a lot of things I didn't do. And I, you know, I watched a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of television and I wasn't, I didn't read and I wasn't a very, that curiosity wasn't really um, encouraged and stimulated. And um, I just feel so curious. I feel like this little girl part of me is just walking around in the woods and looking at everything as this like miracle that it has so much, she has everything to teach me. And I feel 
feel connected to her in a way that I don't know that I ever have before in this life. Like I feel more grounded. Like I, I can easily, I'm an air sign and I can just be up in my head and up in the clouds. And like, you know, I dove into plant medicine and it made me even more cosmic. And I didn't stay grounded. And I think this season, I just, I feel so I feel like I'm earthing. <laughs> is that a term? Gosh. I feel so connected to Mother Earth and she is teaching me everything. She's everything. Like- oh my gosh. I have tears in my eyes because this feels so familiar. It feels like you're describing me as well. And to hear you describe this childlike wonder in you and how that's awakened in you. It makes me think so much about everything you've been through and where you are now and your healing. And I feel like those of us who have been through so much pain and so much sickness and living in your bed, like the excitement of life is so real. Once you you are able to live again and be in the world and I, I always say it's like returning to this inner child and the way you're describing it is the most beautiful way I've heard it described. And I'm just so, I'm so excited to talk to you about all of this. And I relate so much. And also you said you're an air sign. Are you a Libra? I am. When's your birthday? October 18th. Oh my God. Have we ever realized this before? Oh, Okay, so I'm October 11th and I am like big into astrology and I connect so much with being a Libra. I think we might have talked about this the night we met because I remember I was like, oh my God, I want to look up your human design. And we sat in Lauren's backyard and talked about human design, but I don't know that I fully knew that. And I just see that so much. Love that you're an air sign. And because of that, like you're saying, it's it's super important to ground and feel connected on this earth. So I would love for you to talk about some of some of what you're doing to continue healing and con- to continue connecting to yeah. that to that inner child in you. Yes. I mean it's been such a journey. And I, I I'll be on this journey. Like I am so here for the journey until I'm back in the in-between. And I think I'm just, I feel like my healing journey has been this beautiful unlearning (laughs) and almost unbecoming all these stories that I have been breathing in like air as though they were truth. And so many of those stories were never mine in the beginning. You know, they were never ours, but they were taught to us by patriarchy and by religion and the church I brought up was brought up in and told me I was this broken, depraved wretch and my flesh was sinful and my heart was deceitful above all things. And obviously the stories the patriarchy is teaching us about, you know, oh dear God, let don't even get me started about, you know, what a woman should look like and be like and what is the standard of that. And all of these stories that I had taken in and believed as fact. <laughs> I I believed I was broken. I took that on as just a factual statement. And I thought my body was broken. I thought she hated me. I called my body an it. I 
you know, I believed that I was going to hurt as horrible as I did and worse every year, like I did for 15 years. And I just believed that that was my path. And I claimed it all the time. And I was so stuck in my pain story. I just, and identified by my pain story. Like even with my job, I, I shared my story for a living and people would say, what do you do for a living? I share my story. What's your story? And I could give them this five minute elevator pitch with, you know, I'm the only human in the world that's had a wire in their brainstem. And I lived in my bed in seven for seven years and all these stories that right away I'd get like, wow, you know, you're so brave. And it made me feel like I had something to offer. Like I had something that gave me um, a seat at the table. I was so brave. So, and I was so identified with that. And I didn't know who I was outside of those doing parts of me, those things that had happened, those parts of my story with trauma or, you know, I I just, or that I was a speaker and an author and a podcast. I didn't know my just divine birthright inheritance of I am loving awareness. I am worthy and I am deserving because I have breath in my lungs. I am loved and I am good and I am deserving and I am like every beautiful, abundant thing. And that journey of coming back home. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I know you and I have both talked about this. Like I know that every ounce of my pain story (laughs) became the invitation, like all of those traumatic things that happened, the wreck, the wire, the divorce, the death of my dad, all those things became the invitation for me to ultimately come home to myself. Mm-hmm. That if like my life had looked the way that I had planned and hoped and dreamed and thought, you know, I would probably still be very much asleep and pretty basic and surfacey. And I would have never done this hard, brutal, but so deserving healing work that like of remembering what was always so right with me and not what was wrong with me. Like that was just these crazy bullshit limiting stories that were given to us, you know, in the exactly. And so I think in this journey of like claiming my healing and claiming my wholeness and claiming my worthiness and owning my, like coming back into my body that I had disassociated because of early childhood trauma and then my wreck and all these other things and re-embodying myself and remembering that my body was never broken. Like she was just calling me home. She was holding me and loving me. And like, she's the most powerful, strong, brilliant. I'm like, I've fallen so in love with my body and like all of her, my sexuality and my sensuality and how I feel and the, the way that my skin, like I'm, I'm tickling my arms right now. And just the feel of my touch and learning. I've just been learning so much, learning that like my body doesn't know that that's not someone else's hands. Our bodies don't know the difference in our hands and someone else's. And like, I started treating my body like, what if I treated you as though you were my lover? Like I would never talk to a lover the way that I would talk to myself in my body. I would never feed a lover the way that I had fed myself. I would want to listen 
to a lover. I would not ignore them and shut them down and deny them and, and abandon them. I would show up and love them and caress them and make love to them and take them on walks and adventures in the woods and feed them the most delicious plants. And like, what if we treated our bodies that way? And, and the more I've been doing that, the more I see the connectivity of everything. And it becomes this divine resistance because the more I come home to myself, the more I feel connected to every plant and every human. And I realize there is no such fucking thing as an other. Like exactly patriarchy has taught us. And I and that like when we heal and come home to ourselves, that is resistance because you will not you will realize that when any other person is being victimized or they are being treated as other, that is affecting me and I will stand up for them and I am connected to them. And there is no such thing as other. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. that, That has been the hugest part of healing for me as well. And the way that you talk about it is like, I could literally, and I was doing this while you were talking, closing my eyes and just like visualizing everything that you're saying because it's so beautiful, like talking to your body like you would talk to a lover and walk them through the woods and make them beautiful food. And like, I can visualize that so strongly and waking up to the fact that we are all one, that has been everything. It's almost like, It's crazy to say because it's like healing is so simple yet so complex. And (laughs) I don't even know which it is. It's like the most complicated, never ending journey in the entire world. Yet it's also the mere simplicity of the fact that we're all one. So hearing you talk about it so beautifully is just is just so amazing. And people out there listening who are in chronic pain and don't even know where to begin, where would you tell them to start or where did you start? Yeah. First started by writing my story. We, you know, I think writing my book as (laughs) it was almost re-traumatizing in a lot of ways because, you know, when I lived in my bed, all those years, I was on every drug under the sun, every narcotic, and I was numbing myself and I was disassociated. And I was watching every television show that ever was. I was eating my feelings all day, every day. And so I had all these numbing techniques to avoid what was happening in my life. And this time around, I was off all the narcotics and I was really trying to show up for my life. And I'd been on the journey, but I was still in debilitating pain, which I still at that point believed I would have forever. Mm -hmm. And going in, and actually it's so interesting, the book I sold to Simon & Schuster was called Salvaged, Building a Beautiful Life with Broken Parts. That is what they bought because I thought I was trash and I thought my body was broken. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. It's crazy because you have done such a 180. I feel that. And I, you know, going in, writing my story, it's, you don't have to write a book. This can begin with like, do the artist's way, right? But writing and you cannot heal 
something that we don't allow ourselves to feel. And writing is this really profound yet simple, but profound way to start processing the pain and the trauma that every human, if you are on planet earth, in earth school, in a human form, you know, pain and trauma. And like the book, you know, it didn't start with you nine times out of 10, probably 10 times out of 10, you're carrying the trauma of past generations. Exactly. And we both believe in past lives. So also we do. And that's such a powerful part of it too. Like, first of all, I just have to stop you for a second and just tell you, you are so wise. You are so wise. Hearing the words come out of your mouth makes me feel like you are just... First of all, you're so shamanic. I think I've said that to you before. You are you are like shamanism energy. And hearing the words you speak, it reminds me of what Mother Ayahuasca, Grandmother Plant Medicine shares as well. So you are just, you are truly embodying what you've learned. And it's so beautiful. Well, first off, thank you. And you see what you are. Like I mirror all of that right back to you. Like I learned so much from you and from watching your journey and seeing what was possible for me and learning about different healing modalities. And so I I just, I I receive that so open-heartedly. And I also mirror all of that. <laughs> like you're, you're literally seeing a reflection of you. So I, I just thank you that, that really, that's so beautiful. And I'm so honored by your, by your words. It means so much. And, you know, I, I think, um, writing is to go back to what we were saying is such a beautiful entry point and it's going to bring things up and like having a support system around you is also so beautiful. I know that everyone can't afford one-on-one counseling, but there are free 12-step programs that are so profound that have part of those things have been so life-changing for me. Um, like child of alcoholics and dysfunctional families. Who doesn't have a dysfunctional family? If you're on planet earth, update. <laughs> you know, that's a support system as you start going in and allowing yourself to actually feel and experience the trauma that all of us are holding in our bodies. And like collectively, we're feeling it and individually and generationally. And I think writing is so beautiful. And then for me... Um, and this is something, you know, I know that we will talk about, and it's, it's something that I say with a bit of hesitancy because I don't believe that every, that plant medicine is for everyone. Everyone isn't called to do it in this life. I I just, I don't think that that's the case. So I don't talk about it very often publicly, but if you're asking about my own journey, Um, I think because of past lives and I feel very called to, you know, a lot of Native American, a lot of South American um, healing modalities. Yes. Called the first time I saw Chelsea Handler talk about ayahuasca. I didn't know what it was. And I was sitting by my best friend, Jed, and I said, I'm going to do that one day. And he literally looked at me. He's like, have you actually lost your mind? I'm like, I don't know. 
but I'm doing that. Like I knew the minute I watched that episode. She yes. Yes. Because she's, she speaks to you. And that's such an important point to make is that it's definitely not for everyone. Plant medicine is, it's a soul calling. And if, if she's calling you, she will make herself very clear. And it is, it is so not everyone's path. There are so many different paths to healing, but I had a similar experience where I just knew, I mean, I kept I kept hearing ayahuasca, I would hear it five times a week, 10 times a week until I knew something's happening here and I'm being called to do this. And I, and I just knew it with every fiber of my being. And the Chelsea Handler episode was a big catalyst for me too. Which really? Is, yes. Um, timing wise and everything. And even though my experience ended up being so different than hers, but I love that you said that. I love that you mentioned Jed, who's also been on this podcast, your best friend. And I feel like so many people listening also know who he, who he is and love him. So, because you mentioned support system and support system is huge. So friendships, counseling, like you said, how have you called in that support system for you? You know, I... <sighs> It's been, that's one of the things I've struggled with so much in this life. <laughs> like school was my actual nightmare. But the thing that always came naturally were friendships. I, I think I've always felt abundant in that place. Like I always knew I had a lot of love to give. And so I received so much love back. And I couldn't read till third grade, but I like nailed the playground, you know, like I, and the type of friends, I mean, that shifted the type of people as I evolved and grew and changed the type of humans that I started drawing in were very different. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have a ton of childhood friends. I have a handful that have stuck around and evolved alongside, and we've all been on our own journeys, but that has been really, that's, I feel like one, my truest spiritual gift on planet earth is collecting the most beautiful, wholehearted, expansive, curious, childlike, loving humans. Like I, I just, that, that's harder for me to speak to of how to do for people. Because for me, that has always just been like breathing where other things were so hard. Like, right. So hard. So I've just been, that's been one of the gifts of my life. And I think I chose that before I came. I I think because of all the trauma that I knew that I needed to go through um, to expand and become the wholehearted soul that I came here to be and to be the mirror of healing that is for everyone, I knew I would need deep support. And I have had that in such rich, abundant, just... I can't even tell you that has just been so profound. And, you know, I think you also, as you get on the journey, you start calling in teachers and like, I've been taught, I have learned as I got more and more curious about this healing journey, the healers that I've met and and everything doesn't stick. I'll try. I'm so open that I'll like, literally, if it feels like resonant and they feel like a grounded human, I I will try most. (laughs) I try because I'm just like, I'm here for it. I let me be the guinea pig and then I can like digest it. And if it feels like it would be of service to the collective, I'll share it, you know, totally. I'll throw it out and it doesn't fit in my toolbox. And that's beautiful. But 
For me, some of the things that have been so profound, there's also, and I talk about in the book, another writing technique is called journal speak that I learned from Nicole Sachs. And I know that you have connected with her also, but just having an outlet, it's something worth looking up if it feels resonant, like stream of consciousness writing, because so often as children, we swallow feelings. We aren't in an environment where it's conducive. I wasn't, I was told, I was grew up in the South. It's you show up, you be pleasant. You don't show anger. You smile, you be kind. You know, you learn how to do the dance. You look a certain way. And I swallowed painful emotions. I didn't know how to process them. I didn't, because my family didn't. And the culture I grew up in didn't. They were incredible humans, you know, but they didn't know how to teach it they didn't know how to do it for themselves and learning techniques to, to process that like nonlinear movement. I, I dance nonlinear dance, like through five rhythms. And, um, what I've learned from a Kayla Boehm, everyone can do that. Like journal speak, everyone can do that. These are things that are offered to you right now for everyone. Um, having a dedicated meditation practice every day. And, I, and like when I skip a day, I do like 120 days. And when I skip one, I start over. And oh wow, that's something my spiritual coach has given me. And and it's you know I don't you always want to sit. I don't. Yeah. But, but that because I'm so airy and can just be up there, like I have to give myself grounding, earthing things that bring me back into my body and give me bring me back into the present moment. Cause I just future trip. I think about the past. I am just swirling in my head and those practices like meditation. I say so many affirmations every day. <laughs> it's I, so love that. I do too. And one of the things that I started practicing is, you know, I would write out all of my limiting beliefs that no longer serve me Ooh. that I and a release that I am rejecting that no longer work for me. And I will then write the positive opposite of what that is. Like, I will never have enough money. Now I'm like, I am abundance. Yes. It's constantly forever blessing me. And I am open to receive and to give back out. Like I Whatever your negative is, like one of them was that I would never find a forever partner. And now I'm like, I am in a loving, mutual, expansive relationship because I'm manifesting that. I am creating that for myself. Exactly. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's like... So beautiful. And I I saw that you were just in Sedona and that you had a really powerful experience writing your limiting beliefs and then walking in in a labyrinth. And I thought that was so cool. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it just, I felt called the whole way in. I literally said out, said out loud every limiting belief that, I, that came to mind. And a lot of them didn't necessarily fit at the moment, but I, they, I feel like they could still live in my body. And if they came up, then it's something, right? Yeah. And so every limiting belief that I believed, I would say, I release the story because it's not true. It's a story. I release the story that I'll never find a partner. I release the story that I eat my feelings. I release the story that I am disembodied. I release the story that I will not have enough money. I release the story that I am not smart. 
I, I mean, I went through every limiting story that I have experienced or that has been said to me or I've felt. And when I got to the middle, I just released it. I just opened my palms and I just, it was like, I'm giving this up to mother earth to transmute it. And then on the way back out, every word that came out of my mouth was an I am statement. And I would say, I am abundance. I am fully embodied. I eat when I'm hungry and stop when I am satisfied. I um, am in a loving mutual relationship. I am brilliant. I have so much to offer this world. I awaken the shaman within me. I fully connected to the divine mother earth. I am a healer. I am healing. I am healed. Like I just, the whole way out, everything that came to my mind, I would say it in an I am and just claim it over myself. And I first started with doing that in the mirror and it's a part of my daily meditation. Like I, I sit, I have a little hand mirror right in front of my altar and I, I, every day, you know, look in the, look myself in the eye, which is like our soul. And I speak those things. And when I first started doing it, let me tell you, I didn't believe it. (laughs) I didn't believe those words, but I knew that my body heard me. And so it just became a practice. And now I know it's true. I believe every word and my body believes it, you know? Yes. So precious. Like we're all so deserving of that self-love. Reading the book, You Can Heal Your Life was so profound for me. I love that book. Me too. Hey, I actually read that during one of my water fasts Mm -hmm. and I felt like it came to me at that time for such a powerful reason because I really needed it, as you know, because you have also fasted, which I want to talk to you about. I needed something like that during that water fast because I was coming up against my deepest darkness that could ever exist. And it was so tough. And I second guessed myself millions of times. And reading that book was just like truth. It was like, realigning with the earth, realigning with my body, knowing the deepest truth. In a way, I felt like, did I write this? Did I write this in a past life? I could only wish because Louise Hay is so magical, but that's how connected I felt to it. Um, Oh, it's so beautiful. I know. She, I just restarted reading a few of the chapters because I was just like, it's such truth that I want to embed this inside of me. And I want to live in that expansive, abundant looking, like I've been waking up in the morning and I'm like, thank you. What miracles are going to happen today? Like I, I just, I'm expecting them. I'm expecting abundance. And the more I lean into that, the more I'm so generous because I, I know that there's always more, right? Yes. Like, and I've been even like, she talks about this and it's been the sweetest practice because, you know, work, just everything kind of stopped for a while. And, you know, my, my old story wants to be like, oh gosh, so much is going out. And, da, 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 da. Right. and I started switching this narrative where literally <laughs> every bill that comes in, like if it's a phone bill, I'm like, I, I bless it. And I'm like, thank you 
so much that you are allowing me to stay connected to my humans and to the world. And you're allowing me to like have these tender, precious moments with people I love. And when the light bill comes in, I'm like, thank you so much for this energy that I, like, I get to see my precious dog at night and I get to light up this home that I love so much. And when I pay my mortgage, I'm like blessing my home and thanking it for holding me and blessing me and being the sacred space for me to heal. And when I check out and I'm like, you know, tipping them, I'm like, thank you for feeding me and nourishing my cells and my body. And thank you gas station that I could pay for this gas to go visit people I love and see mother nature. It is just, it's shifted everything. Yeah. Everything. Oh my gosh. I'm going to try that. That is such a beautiful idea and such a great way to live and just be in gratitude for everything. And also your affirmation of you are abundance that fits in so well with that because when you're abundant you can you can thank your bills you can thank all of that stuff because you are endlessly abundant and brilliant and all of those beautiful things yes 100% i and love that just you know it's been such a i think space like in this time where <laughs> the universe has put us all in this like virtual timeout and real in real time timeout. Um, I, I think I, I was taking this course during this time called the alchemy of chaos. And it was so beautiful because they, we talked about in space, that is where transition. That is where emergence, that is where creativity comes. And if we're not giving ourselves space and we're not creating it for ourselves, like this was a forced space, right? <laughs> and completely that so was for so many. And I, you know, I also speak from a very privileged point of view. I was able to take that space. I did not have to go out and work every day and I was healthy. And so I, I'm very aware that I'm speaking from that space. Um, but what was able to come out of that where I had to slow down, I had to stop. It brought up some very painful things and it wasn't all rosy, like not being able to go on this book tour that, you know, I've written this book for three and a half years and writing for me is not enjoyable. And like the light at the end of the tunnel is now I get to go be with humans and I get to share space with people because yes. that's so life-giving for me. And we've been working on this, literally, I worked on it for three and a half years and working my ass off on this tour and so much planned and it all shut down a month before my book came out and it was a real loss. And, and I can say to you with the deepest conviction, I let myself feel that loss also. It's not, this isn't some toxic positivity of <laughs> pretending right. this Pollyanna shit. It really sucked and it was painful. And I can say to you that I am so grateful for this space I, it is exactly what was meant to be because obviously it was what it was. And it just, it broke me up, but open, like a part of me died in this time. And I think there's, we're always experiencing death in new life all the time. I mean, our cells are experiencing that every single day, a million times, you know, mm -hmm. and 
But a part of this, it was almost like this ego death that, you know, everything didn't come out the way I wanted. And I wasn't able to get on all these lists and all these things that were projected. And now I'm like, oh my God, it was so perfect. Like, and after, to be really honest with you, after everything happened with George Floyd, I haven't thought about it. I'm like, literally, who cares? Like I, there's so much more important. Um, it, this space has given me time to reflect on like the healing spaces that we're in. Like the amount of times I go and our audiences are 80 to 90% middle to upper class white people. And I'm like, healing should never be a privilege. These spaces mm-hmm are not inclusive and they are meant to be. And it's given me space to rethink how I do my work and the way I do my work and how I can be a better ally. And I've been able to dive into seeing the inherent racism that has lived inside of me because of what patriarchy has taught me. And I'm like weeding that out and and exposing it. And it's painful and it's the most important work that I can be doing. And I'm so grateful because I want to show up in this world as a wholehearted soul. I want to do all the healing work on myself so I can show up and be a mirror of all the abundance and all the love and all the healing and all the divinity that lives already within them. I'm like, you don't need me. I'm going to moonwalk the fuck out of here because this is all yours. We're just here to mirror to you what's already within you. And that, it just feels like such a privilege and such an honor. And I, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change any of the trajectory of my life. Like I I wouldn't change how my book came out because it cracked me open and has sent me on this next level. I've been on the healing journey and it took me even deeper and even, even broader and even more expansive. And I had space to do a water fast. Like, hello, when, you know what I mean? Like, right? No, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. I know I was going to ask you, how did you deal with the loss of not being able to go on your book tour? And the timing was so wild because I know you were in LA. We had our podcast scheduled for, um, I think it was like March 13th or something, which is right when everything was shutting down. And you were, you were really put to the test with all of this work that you had done and just letting go of that excitement and like the world completely changed before our eyes. And the way that you're talking about it is, is so inspiring. Um, and I feel like you already answered that question. The way that you dealt with it was that you... Your entire worldview changed, which wasn't the plan. Yeah, and it's perfect. It's perfect. Like, it's so easy to get caught up in the doing part of me. You know, like, I'm the speaker, I'm this author, I have this story. And none of that mattered in that time. It's like everything got shut down. And it was just another layer of remembering who I am and why I came here and what I'm here to do and this healing that journey that I so believe is for all of us. Like, but I can't speak to something that I'm not experiencing myself, you know? And like I, that water fast, I mean, 
Jordan, this is the first time since I was a teenager that I'm off every bit of medication. Oh my God, that is huge. That's amazing. So t- talk to us about that. Talk to us about the water fast because I know that, that that's a life changer for sure. I was working with a shaman that I had done medicine with and he used to have debilitating pain. And I asked him what he had done to not have to be pain-free, which he is now in his like late fifties. And he had a crazy traumatic childhood. So of course he had held so much trauma in his body um, and had actual physical things happen. Um, And he said for him, it had been plant medicine and water fasts. And I was like, hello, water fast. I mean, like that sounded like my actual worst nightmare. Totally. And so I was, but I was committed to this healing journey. And I also had had such a profound experience sitting with them doing medicine. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in, I'm committed. I'm going to do it. And before I had done medicine with him, he had asked me to get off. I was on like a basically over over the counter, excuse me, not over the counter, a prescription, like Benadryl kind of thing, which helped with my sleep. And I, I had the story that I struggle with sleep and I'll never be able to sleep without some sort of medication. I started taking mm-hmm. when I was in high school. And um, so he had asked me to get off that. And this one other thing that I was taking that was like a trial medication um, just supposed to try to help with my pain. And it was a miserable few days before I did medicine, but I did it and I wasn't sleeping much, but I did it. And then after I was like, I'm just going to stick with this. I've done that for four days. I'm going to stick with this. And again, I was working with the shaman. This is not me saying, and it's not me saying that everyone shouldn't take medicine. That is not, (laughs) I am, that is not what I'm speaking out loud right now. This is my own personal journey, right? And so I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. And So about a week after we had done medicine, I committed to doing, um, I did like eight and a half days and it was really fucking hard. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to pretend like it wasn't, I'm like, am I a masochist? What is happening right now? Yes. (laughs) It's hard. Yeah. And you know, when I lived in my bed for seven years, taking lit, I was on the highest level of fentanyl patch, which they give dying cancer patients. I was on morphine. Through that whole time, I would go to the bathroom about twice a month. Oh my gosh. For seven years. Oh my gosh. Watch in my body. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I've been doing this medicine. I've been doing nonlinear dance. I've been doing all these things to all to help release trauma, which I'm still doing and will continue to do. But all of this toxicity that had been lodged in my cells um, had not had a way to come out. And so, in that time when you're not having to digest food and your body's able to start actually healing your liver and these places where all of this stuff has been stored and inflammation has been living. I was so inflamed. I've known that I've been inflamed for a long, long, long time. I mean, like that's what my body felt like, fire and inflammation. Mm -hmm. And it was so profound, like the difference in how I felt after and what was so cool, Jordan. It's so freaking cool. I, our bodies are just brilliant beyond belief. I cannot believe. Like when we give them space in a safe 
environment, they are just longing for homeostasis. They are looking. Yes. And what I started craving, I haven't had, and again, this is not me, you know, preaching this, but I haven't longed for alcohol. I haven't wanted any meat. I haven't had any meat. I've had a little bit of fish, but basically all I've been eating is vegetables (laughs) and and whole grains. And, and it was interesting. I've never studied Ayurvedic, but someone was telling me, I like a little bit about it. And I started looking up my son, what I am, which is Vata and which is horse air and like what kind of foods it's all the foods that my body has been craving since I did the water fast. That's amazing. So you basically got back into alignment with what your body ultimately wants. And we disconnect from that intuition, that intuitive eating. I mean, especially being sick and with all the toxicity and just living life as a human, it's so easy to disconnect from that. And it sounds like the water fast got you back into alignment with that, which is so beautiful. So beautiful. I also follow this man named Dr. Dr. Zach Bush. Oh yeah. Oh my God. We spoke together in Telluride last fall and I was so blown away by him and his connection to mother earth. And he's a doctor. He's, he was a hospice doctor. I mean, he's like has all these doctorates, but he did a whole series on water fasting that was like so accessible and just made so much sense to me the way that he broke it down. And I can't recommend his work enough, but it really, um, I feel like, I don't know that I'll do them that long, but it could be something where I'm like once a year, twice a year, I do maybe a five day water fast just to reset and realign and give my body a break, you know, and like so hard and also profound. Yes. I love that because the truth is new healing comes up every time. So with every water fast or everything similar to that, whatever people feel called to, new things, new healing comes up every single time. And it's just, it's so amazing to me because these things are still so fringe and so out there. And so when you texted me and said, I'm doing a water fast, like, Ah, I'm scared. I was like, oh my God, finally somebody else, somebody else that I know is interested in this. Um, because it's definitely been part of my healing path, which people listening probably know. And I've had such a similar experience with I haven't craved, I haven't drank alcohol in two years, which has been just because I don't want to. Um haven't eaten meat in three years because I don't want to. And it's just so interesting. Our bodies find their way back to homeostasis. And also they're just so happy to take a little breather and take a little break from what we do every single day, which is which is eat. And then so many of us, like you're saying, we have this constipation epidemic. Um, Everyone is constipated and there's so much toxicity that gets lodged in there. So I'm so happy that that was your experience and it's just so, so cool to hear about it. Thank you. Thank you so much for walking with me through that time because no one I knew had ever, you know, like done that. Like, holy hell, what am I doing? But I know. so grateful for you and your just support and love and encouragement. It just meant so much to me. 
Oh, it was so exciting to be able to to talk to you about it, having having just been there as well. I was like, I know how this feels. I know how every day kind of feels. And it seems like you had you had a really um strong experience. Like it sounds like you felt pretty well most of the time. I mean, there were some days that were real tough, but I also, again, privilege, had the space. Um I really took good care of myself. I like got massage and I got Reiki and I did a float tank. And I just like, I gave myself, I did not have to show up to do intensive work. You know, like I really held and supported myself really, 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 really well um, to give myself the best results possible. Um, And I think that's also, you know, that felt like a real, gift to give to myself. Yeah. That's a big part of it. The rest. If it's yeah. not possible to rest during a water fast, it's not, not a good time <laughs> to do a water fast. Um, I love that so much. So on this journey of healing that you've been on these last many years, who are some teachers and inspirations who have guided you on your path or who you've learned from? Yeah. Gosh, I mean, there's so, (laughs) there's so many, and a lot aren't people that, you know, people would know. And some of them are local to Nashville. Like my, I actually got to see my healer, Sandy today. She doesn't even have, she literally doesn't have a cell phone. She literally only has a landline. It's the most amazing. It's like, I so enlightened and so grounded, but just she has been such a mirror to me and held so much space for me. Um, my friend Miles, who I have our podcast with, who owns OnSite and Milestones, which I have gotten to go to both of those and learning from what he's created. It's like all experiential therapy and it's such a healing place. And again, it's to remember what's so right with us and not what's wrong with us. And the universe just, I I think we've done so many lives together. Like we met and I was like, Oh, there's my buddy, (laughs) you know, like we, and he has been such a huge gift to me and such a support system. And my girlfriend, Christine O'Neill, who I was talking about that class I took, the Alchemy of Chaos, she mm-hmm. led that. Um, we are such mirrors to each other, but she, you know, has just been on this journey. And my girlfriend, Krista Black, who we met probably 15 years ago, she has this um, incredible online course called the Women's Circle. And she um, is so profound. And we both were a part of the church and both have gone through like, you know, unlearning a lot of stories. And, um, she's just a few years before me, like ahead of me. And so I just get to learn and glean so much from her. And then there's so many, you know, incredible black healers that I love learning from and learning about their experience of what it is to be in the healing space in a black body, (laughs) you know, and to heal when like being in a black body on planet earth, especially in America is trauma. It is trauma. And to see these beautiful empowered women reclaim all that was always theirs 
Um, I have a friend named Adrian Oliver that I've taken this now, now course of hers. And she's one of the most, I'll have to like send it to you so it can go in the shine, the liner notes, because I'm telling you, she's one of the most profound humans. Oh, wait, I have something to tell you. Guess what? 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 Made it a course with my girlfriend, Ashley. And oh my gosh. Wait, I saw you guys posting about that and I wanted to know everything. Well, we haven't like announced it. So I don't even know what I'm supposed to say, but it's going to be, it's, it's going to be so special. And Adrian, who I just talked about, is going to be a part of it also. And I will give you all the details. I don't know what I'm allowed to say right now. So I, yeah. don't, know, I, well, don't I can't wait for all of us to find out. Everybody listening will have to stay tuned been for everyone and it's a month long thing and it's going to be so special. We are, I'm so proud. She's on such a journey too. And we both yeah. go on this healing and know that it's for everyone and like want to, wanted to create something that would make it digestible for the collective because it's, it's like, where do you start? Like you said at the beginning, like, where does one start? Like we're I'm suffering and I'm in pain and there's so much out there. Where do you begin? And so to make something that was accessible and digestible and affordable. And that's my dog. Sorry. It's okay. Um, She's so cute. To get some love. Um, But Adrian will be a part of that. Um, Beautiful. Wow. I could sit here literally the whole rest of our conversation and just list off people that have been. So I know because people are that that's so incredible. It's because you're a people collector and that's such a beautiful thing. Um, I love that you've had all of that guidance in your healing. And something else that I was super curious about is you grew up in such a religious Southern background, your family and your hometown. And now with your spirituality and your, your knowing of past lives and all of this stuff that you've explored, how does your family feel about that? And have they come along on this journey with you at all? You know, my mom really has. She is on the coolest journey. I'm so proud of her. <laughs> it's so cool. I just, I really am so in awe of her and proud of who she is and how she's done such incredible work. Um, my brothers and I are so different. Like one is super, super um, in his religion and also one of the most generous, loving, kindest, expansive humans I know. We just it looks different for the two of us, but we, we all respect each other so much. Mm-hmm. And like my oldest brother, well, not the newest oldest brother, the one I grew up with, like we are so different and we love each other so much. And we don't have a ton in common, um, but, but we love each other so much. And that's like, I don't know that we would have ever met and we would have necessarily been friends, but we just like love each other. And, um, I'm so sorry. My dog's going crazy. It's okay. She's, she's Um, quite calm though too. Yes. Um, so that's just like, I feel so grateful for them because there's just this mutual thing of respect and love, even though we're all very, very, very different. Um, we love and respect each other and they, I look up to them and they look up to me. And I, it, there's just, when that's the baseline, like you're, you're free to explore, you know? 
Yes, that's beautiful. That's what it's all about is the love. That makes yes. me so happy. Mm-hmm. Aww. There are things that they're like, hello, <laughs> have you lost your mind? But they just accept me. You know, like, I know. I am, like there's things honestly that I will say right now that even two or three years ago, I would have wanted to probably punt me to the moon and been like, you have actually lost your goddamn mind. And it feels like the truest thing I know now. Like I, yes. part of me believes it and knows it and my cells know it. And it just, but like two years ago, I went there and that's perfect. Like that's the journey. And I, I honor exactly where they are and where I am and they respect where I am. And so it's just, it's great. It is. I love that so much. I know we just, we keep learning more on these journeys and I am the same way. Like some of the stuff I talk about now, a year ago, and especially like five years ago, I would have been terrified about some of the things that I talk about aliens. I talk about angels and channeling. And I would have been like, what? Who is that person? And how, how did she get there? So I totally get that. And I love that so much. And um, I feel like I know your family because I devoured your book cover to cover, just <laughs> madly in love with your writing. I, I can't believe that writing is hard for you because you are such a beautiful writer. And I just, oh, those words. I, I remember texting you when I was reading it being like, I didn't know that anybody else felt this way. Um, but just with the with the whole story and living in bed, and I know a lot of people who listen deal with chronic pain and chronic illness and to read your story and then follow along with you simultaneously online and always hear about the new gems that you're learning and and your pain going down after going up for so many years is just it's it's something i think about every day truly it's so inspiring so your book is fabulous and even though the journey has looked very different with the book coming out this year, I'm sure it's been fun to have it out in the world. And um, what does it feel like to have people reading your story? It feels like such a privilege. I'm so, but at the same time, you know, I, I think the book did exactly what it was supposed to do, which ultimately I had to write it for myself because it sent me on the deepest healing journey, as traumatic as it was, it was so important. And the deepest healing journey that I've been on so far in this life. And now that I put it out in the world, it's not mine anymore. It's like, you know, we don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. So when people read it, if they connect with it and see themselves in it, like that's, that was my intention in writing it and the hope that I, when I put it out in the world and that's been so humbling. I mean, it's, you know, every day my phone is just filled with the most life-giving, beautiful messages. And then I can also in the same breath know that like, it's kind of none of my business. Like if they think it's amazing, really none of my business. If they think it's the actual worst, which luckily I haven't experienced that. But if I did, that's none of my business because it's not mine anymore. And I just, my hope is, you know, the message you sent me was the most precious. I mean, you made me cry, but like, that was the hope that people see themselves in it and that you realize you don't need me, that this is yours, that this, 
you know, I think I set myself up in a way in coming to earth in this round to have, you know, be the only human in the world and not supposed to be alive and have be the only human that's had a wire in their brain. So it could be such an extreme version that like, if I can heal, (laughs) you know, I can mirror that, that this is so real and so possible for everyone. And I, I just believe that to the depths of my soul. And I think that that is, that's the work I came here to do. And that feels like just such a privilege. So you say, how does it feel? It feels like an honor and a privilege to get to be a mirror of what I believe is true and so deserving of everyone. I love that so much. And you are, you are the living embodiment of a mirror of that. So you are living that truth so beautifully. And that's, that's just amazing. So I want to ask you some of the rapid fire questions that I ask every, everybody who comes on the podcast. So question number one, what's one question you've never been asked in an interview that you wish you had been, been asked? Oh, huh. Um, wow. That is one question. Well, this is going to be a, a little opposite of <laughs> that, as, which I don't know if that's how this goes, but I've always get asked about my pain story. Mm-hmm. And I love that we did not spend this time talking about it. Um, so I want to be asked everything outside of just that story. Like literally, I feel like what you gave me space to do is to talk about my healing journey and not be defined by that pain story that just doesn't fit anymore. And so I think every time I go into an interview, I'm just, I'm hoping to be able to have a conversation outside of that pain story. And you gifted me that. So thank you so much. That was perfect. That was such a good way to answer that question too. Because like we were talking about before we started recording, it didn't feel right to me to even ask you about your pain story for so many reasons. But the biggest reason being that's just not, it's not where you're currently resonating. You're currently vibrating on a completely different um, frequency. So to talk about all this healing that you've learned is so expansive and so amazing. And people can definitely pick up your book to read the whole pain story. So I love that. Um, Next question. Do you know your sun rising and moon signs? I don't. I did. I've done it before, but I don't know a ton about astrology, even though I'm very intrigued and it feels like something that I will eventually dive into. But you know what's so interesting is I'm pretty positive, not pretty, I, I know I died in my car wreck mm-hmm. and chose to come back. And so I have two birthdays. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. So what's your second birthday? It's November 2nd, which is my dad's birthday. Oh my gosh. And that's also my wedding day. It is. Yeah. Of course. We're so aligned. I know. I- so much. So yeah, I, you know, I met with this incredible astrologer, but she didn't go into like those specifics. She just looked at it and spoke to certain things. And 
when I say, I'm like, are you reading my soul? It was the crazy. She said, well, anyway, it was, it was so profound and so crazy. And so like more than any other reading I've ever had, it was like, it blew my mind. I'm like astrology. Like that's just the coolest thing ever. It's so cool. I have a feeling you're probably going to get really into it too, like you said. Um, but oh my God, you have two birthdays. That is the coolest thing and so rare. And I've like stepped into a lot of like parts of my dad, like as I've yeah. stepped into her and who I am and remembering, like empowering myself and reclaiming what I came here to do is very much like him, which is his birthday. I don't know. It's just... Yes. It's really cool. It's beyond cool. I mean, he's with you all the time. That's beyond, beyond, beyond. Um, What are some of your, what's your favorite meal? Oh my gosh. Well, it's definitely changed as, (laughs) as I've changed drastically, but I have started just making the most delicious bowls. And usually it'll have like quinoa and lentils. And then I'll saute like garlic and tomatoes and carrots. And I literally have been having so much fun playing with vegetables. And like, I'm obsessed with bowls. I had I thought I liked them, but like, I love what I create. <laughs> like yes. I'll saute kale with garlic and lemon and just make the most. And then I pickled a bunch of vegetables and I'll throw those on top and I'll throw in like citrus and a little bit of heat. And I'm just like, who am I? I don't even understand, but I'm so in love. It's so much fun. And it's such a fun, creative outlet that I've just never explored before. So basically whatever I create in my kitchen is becoming like my favorite thing. Oh, I love that so much. Bowls are delicious. And the fact that you're having fun in the kitchen and being creative with it, that's the best. It's like a whole art form. It's so fun. And I'm like actually kind of good at it, which is I'm like, I had no idea. You surprised yourself. That's that's incredible. Um, What is your favorite workout? Oh gosh. You know, mother nature, like I was saying, is my medicine. And so I get my dog and we go to the woods and like, I go on trails where I'm like hoping not to see another human. (laughs) It is just, we try, I try to take her every day and it has just become such a meditative ritual. Um, it's my medicine. It's like, I I am taking medicine every day. It's like mother nature. She is so medicinal. It's, it grounds me. It connects me. It, um, inspires me. So yeah, I mean, it does, but it, what's so beautiful, the old me that was so concerned with like body and weight and, I would almost do it as like punishment. Like I have to do this because I ate all this junk in my body. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to look a certain way. And now it's like, it just is so life giving to me. It feels so good. It was actually really interesting. We took a girlfriend hiking for her birthday and she doesn't spend a ton of time, you know, exercising and things. And it was the first time since maybe forever, but definitely since my car accident, where when I was exercising with someone, like it was like, you know, a a mildly intensive 
hike. It was like two, two and a half hours. And always before I would be the one that people were checking in on, are you okay? Cause I'd be struggling and it was really, right. and my girlfriend who is so amazing, but she just doesn't exercise much. So she was really struggling. And I was like, breathe. I mean, for me, it was like, breathing. Like I was like, and I was able to just encourage her and help lift her up. And it was the first time that I wasn't in that role. Yeah. That's powerful. Oh, amazing. Cause for me, it was like, this is so natural for me now. And it feels so good in my body. And I just, I don't know to see how far I've come feels so amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. That's such a good feeling when you realize you're outside moving way more than you even think you are because it just is what you want to be doing. Yes. That's so great. Are you a morning person or a night person? Morning person. Um, I didn't know that because I was just not attuned to myself. But as I got off of sleep medicine and my circadian rhythm got in, in flow, I around 10, 10.30, I just, I'm done. And, but in the morning, I, I just wake up a lot of times with the sun and it feels so good and I'm energized. But when it gets dark out, I'm just done. I'm not, don't try to get me to work. Don't try to, get me to like make sense of anything. I'm just, I am done. I'm going to take a long, delicious bath. I might feed myself delicious food. I might sit with dear friends, but like work is not an option. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I feel that. I definitely feel that. Oh, and you've talked about your Enneagram before. What what Enneagram number are you? I love that you just asked that. You know, it's so funny. I was convinced for so long that I was a seven. Uh-huh. And I think I was conditioned to be that because I I I'm I'm an extroverted introvert, but I I come off as an extrovert because I'm very sociable. Yeah. And I started reading literally last night because Ooh. I'm like, this doesn't fit. Like this does not fit. I don't experience FOMO. I'm obsessed with being alone. Mm-hmm. I obviously experience pain and I'm not trying to avoid it. You know, there was just right. all these, like, this just doesn't fit. And a part of me wonders if I'm a six with a seven wing. Oh, interesting. But I'm, I'm still, sure. I just started like, researching, you know, because the seven just doesn't, it doesn't fit for me. It doesn't land. Wow. Okay. That's some deep awareness to realize that maybe that's what you were conditioned to believe these things about yourself. And those things can change, especially with something like an Enneagram that's not set in stone because it's not based on like your birthday or anything. It's like a personality test, basically. That's so interesting. Yeah. Love, 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 love. Um, if you're a color, what color best represents your energy? Oh, rose quartz. Oh, beautiful. Just love. Love, so much love. If you had the chance, oh, sorry. If you had the chance to meet anybody in the world, who would you want to meet? Oh, wow. That's hard. I feel so aligned with Liz Gilbert. Mm. I, I just, but I'm also so madly in love with Oprah, <laughs> but who yeah. is it? Like, hello, who is me? But like Liz Gilbert, she'll say things and I'm like, I, every ounce of me, like, I just, I feel so very, 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 like, I just know that we're 
supposed to be good friends. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that will definitely happen. I'm proclaiming that. I see that. I mean, she's incredible. You're incredible. She needs to get her hands on your book and then you guys will meet and the rest will be history. Can't wait. <laughs> so what, what's on the horizon for you? Gosh, you know, today I'm going to go on a walk <laughs> with my dog in the woods. I, know, I do know that this course is going to come out in October, but sister, outside of that, I feel so open. I am like universe. I cannot wait to see what you have in store. I mean, again, you know, the, like the travel stuff, that's not really happening. The work stuff that I, like people aren't speaking at conferences, you know, there's just, Mm -hmm. I feel so excited and open and just, I am in awe to see all the beautiful things that the universe has in store. And I feel just here for it. Like I feel, um, really excited. There's, there's some like anti-racism work that I feel really, really, really feels so important to me and creating, um, I'm creating a foundation of sorts where to open up spaces so that it's not just a whole lot of white people that look like me. Cause that's, that's just a disservice to the whole collective and to the whole. So that feels something that feels like something that's just super important to me, but how that's going to play out, what's going to happen. Who knows? I literally, what I got for you is I'm going on a walk today. That's <laughs> the best. I'm jealous because I'm in Sacramento, as you know, and it's like 111 degrees. And oh, smoky no. from a fire nearby. Like we tried to go on a walk this morning, me and my mom. And we turned around immediately between the heat and the smoke. We're like, not today. So that sounds amazing. I'm going to be living through you. And all of that is incredible. The foundation, you are such an inspiration. I am just so, 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 so happy to know you. So happy to have this conversation with you and so grateful for everything that you do and everything that you are. You are the most wonderful and you're healed. Like you are so healed and that makes me so happy. Like <laughs> makes me want to cry because that's, that's all we could ever want. And I'm so happy for you. I feel the literal exact same way. I'm so proud of you and the journey that you're on. And I'm so proud of us. And I'm so honored that I get to learn from you and alongside you and just to be on this planet at the same time as you, like you are such a light and such a gift. And I know that your pain journey has been so hard. And I also, I'm just in awe of your like earnestness and your just curiosity and your digging in and not allowing that story to be who you are. Like you are claiming your healing and doing everything in your power to heal. And I just, I'm in awe and I'm so proud of you. And I just, I feel so grateful that I get to know you and to love you and to be loved by you is just a real privilege. Thank you, my love. Well, I learn so much from you every day. So we are lucky. 
We are so lucky lucky, to be on this earth together. And I can't wait to hug you and see you whenever we get to be in the same place next. And tell all of our listeners where they can find you. Yes. Um, So on Instagram, it's just at Ruthie Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. And um, on Facebook, it's Ruthie Lindsay Speaker. And um, my website has so much information on there. It's just ruthielindsay.com. But there is, if you're interested in doing a book club, there's just really fun, beautiful, intentional, thoughtful questions around that. And there's all kinds of resources on there. If you can sign up for my newsletter that I, you know, I just love sharing the things that I'm learning at the time and the music I'm listening to and the things that I'm inspired by. Um, and you can sign up for that on my, um, on my website. So Yay. this thing that's coming out in October, all of that, you can learn about it on my website too. And it'll just make, we just wanted to make the healing journey accessible. And so that's what it'll be. I can't wait. I absolutely can't wait. I'm so excited for you on all of it. Thank you so much, my love for coming on. Thank you, sister. I love you so much. Thank you so much for this time. All right, guys, I am so excited to have shared this episode with you with the beautiful Ruthie Lindsay. She inspires me so much. She has been one of my dream guests to have on the podcast for a long time. So I'm so happy that it happened and that she could share her inspiring story of healing with all of us. As she said, if she can heal, anyone can heal. And I truly, truly believe that. Um, I relate to her in so many different ways. So I hope in this episode, you probably heard me say, me too. Oh my God, same. So many times. And I hope that you can understand that is just because I'm so inspired by her and I feel so connected to her. And I cannot believe all the similarities that we have. So definitely read her book. It is amazing. I loved every single word of it. And just be inspired by her healing path because Ruthie took the road of healing. It could have been so easy for her to just never get out of bed again, to keep getting worse and worse every year and to just say, you know, say life is not worth living or life is not worth healing. And for her, it was. And I'm so inspired by her and I'm so proud of her. And I'm so proud to call her a friend and to have had her on today. So if you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast, I would be so honored. If you do, send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Jordan at thebalancebond.com so I can give you my free gift. Also, um, let us know on Instagram. Tag us on Instagram. If you listen to this episode, let us know what you think. And finally, thank you to our sponsor, Four Sigmatic. Use that code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, to shop all Four Sigmatic products at 10% off and enhance your life with those functional mushrooms and adaptogens you will love. So grateful to talk to you guys today and to share Ruthie with you and can't wait to chat next week for my 200th episode. Oh my gosh, it's going to be such a celebration and I'm so excited to be here with you guys and for 200 episodes to be connecting with you guys in this way. So thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting. Thank you to Ruthie for coming on the show and I will talk to you guys next week. Sending you so much love.